Church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, uh, where we take some of the most uh, interesting events and people and scriptures, and we talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very excited to get into the class. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 26. Yes, Genesis yep. chapter 26. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. If you're watching this, uh, or excuse me, if you're listening to this, uh, through the Heart and Hands podcast. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you get the bell on so you get notified every time we upload a video. If you're watching this on Facebook, hey, make sure to like and share the content. It really helps us out. Uh, if you're interested in partnering with us in this ministry, I want to encourage you to head over to www.churchvictoria.com where you can donate to this ministry and you can partner with us as we seek to teach the word and, and spread the gospel of Christ. Um, we actually had a baptism tonight. Yep. Sure so did. we're really excited about that, seeing people come to Christ, people accepting the gospel. It's fantastic. And another one that we were not directly connected with, but you were. Yes. Brenda, yours yes. in McAllen yep. that you'd been visiting with on the phone. Yeah. Was also baptized. Yeah, it's yep. good. It's good, man. And we had, he's calling people. Yeah. We got we got a lot of studies going on, a lot of things, a lot of things going on. We got some Got some, uh, you know, we're, we're putting the gospel out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are. And he is moving. He is not, he, certainly He not is done. working in people's lives. Yes, sir. I mean, it was obvious from that lady tonight, man. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It was obvious that, you know, God's been moving in that in that couple's life. Absolutely. It really has. Absolutely. Good. Well, and, and our Sunday morning class, you're now in 2nd John. I'm in 2nd and 3rd John kind of together. Oh, you're doing it at the same time. Kind of. You know, it's, you know, it's written at kind of the, by the same guy at the same time, just written to two different you know, people. Yeah, kind of. You know, one of them, I think, is written to the church. Some people say it's written to a woman, but I think it's written to the church. And, and then the other one's written to Gaius about a problem they're having. So we're going to do that. We're going to get through that in a, in a few weeks. And I don't know, of course, with the way I study, it'd probably be three months. But uh, <laughs> but uh, then we're going to start in the book of John. We'll do the book of John. Awesome. Hey, we've got a great VBS coming up. Yes, we're going to we do. do an adult class in the VBS. And it's going to be, uh, uh, I was just talking to Sam a while ago, and it's going to be a uh, uh, a track of Jesus' life, events in his life through the kind of with the with the with prophecy from the Old Testament, kind of you know even things in the New Testament. How how did it connect to the Old Testament, kind of stuff. You know, very cool. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty good, I think. You know, he he's that he's asked me to teach it, so I'm gonna teach the the adult class for the VBS. So awesome. If we have any any parents staying, we'll have a class for them while their kids are at VBS. So sounds good. It'll be good. Yep. Well, are you ready? Yep, let's pray. Yep. Father, thank you so much for being a part of our lives and being a part of, of the salvation process that we go through. Father, we, are, we, we can't say thank you enough. We ask, Father, that, that our lives will honor and glorify you, that we will lift you up and praise you on high uh, for all that, you're, that you do. We pray for, uh, for, for Arnold. We pray for Sarah as, they, as they've started this new walk with you. We pray that you'd bless them and, and give them strength, give them courage, and give them foresight and insight into the workings of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Thank you, Father, for them. Bless us tonight as we study. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to be have the courage to apply the things that we learn to our lives. And thank you so much for your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, well, let me ask you, brother, how do you deal with difficult people who aren't in the church? Do what now? How do you deal with difficult people who aren't in the church? Who aren't in the church? Uh, is there a difference from dealing with difficult people who are in the church versus people who aren't in the church? Uh, yeah, I think there is. Okay. I think you have to deal with them different. I think, you know, if you have a if you have a someone that you uh, 
that you walk up to at the grocery store and and they just have an attitude I think you you'll deal with them different than you deal with maybe a brother or sister that's got an attitude because a brother or sister you know them better and you and you would maybe say hey you have a problem let's go talk you can't do that with someone in the grocery store you know you may just have to grin and bear it with someone at the grocery store uh, you know there's all kinds of ways you deal with people you know when you're driving down the street and and you know pet peeve is is of mine is people that just don't have a clue how to drive i mean just don't have a clue i mean you you swear they get their license from from humpty dumpty i thought you were going to say people who don't know where they're going well <laughs> yeah we, we had a running thing with that today about uh about Cole not knowing where he went. He listens to GPS, and that, and I said, you've been three times to this place, and you still don't know how, where it's at? <laughs> well, I listened to the GPS. I said, yeah, but you still went there. You still have to know where it's at. Well, I know it's in Houston. I said, that's not a help. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes people in the church, tough people can be a tough. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But, you know, when you deal with people in the world, we still have to be Christ-like. Mm. But people in the, in the body, people that are your family, uh, you're closer to, you have more of a contact with, you have more of, of, a, of, a, of an understanding of where they're coming from. You may not know what, what a person out in the world is dealing with. You know, you have a person that's driving down the street and they're just acting like a fool. Well, they may be thinking about something really serious in their life. Maybe they just got a diagnosis they have cancer. Maybe they just got a diagnosis that somebody in their family just died. Uh, and they may just be that they're just lousy drivers. Right, yeah. You, you don't, know. don't know. So you have to deal with them based on that understanding because you don't know where they're and judging them is not something that we have the option to do well specifically when you say judging you mean condemn well yeah i mean you, i mean because it would right be right for me to judge them they're not driving well right now well that's different but right. judging them why they're not driving well yeah and condemning them for that they're a lousy driver and they're no good sorry piece of work and don't they know that i have kids in the car you know, that's not appropriate for a Christian right. to, to treat someone that way. And then shaking your fist at them like this as you go by, that's probably not appropriate. If it was a brother or sister, you'd say, let's talk. Gotcha. Yeah, so there is a difference. There. there is a difference from that perspective. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is dealing with people inside the church, you want to kind of be proactive, say, hey, what's going on here? Like, let me help you, right? That's why it's so important that we love each other. First John tells us that we that we complete God's system by He loves us, we love Him, and then we love each other, and it com- and it makes it complete, it perfects it, perfects that love circle. It's it's kind of what a ring symbolizes when you when someone gets married. It's it's a sign of the of the covenant love that I have for an individual, and you know I mean it's we're supposed to have that kind of relationship in the church. So if you don't have that relationship, mm. you understand, find a church body where, where that is in evidence in that life. You know, because the, the scriptures tell us that you'll know, they'll know you're by my disciples by the love you have one for another. If you go to a church and it doesn't look like they love each other, it, doesn't, it, looks, it looks like they have a, a real animosity toward each other, maybe it's not a place that you need to stick around. Mm. You see? Yeah. And I'll know people better. You know, when, and it's, well, it's why it's painful for me as an elder, when I hear people condemning someone in the church when they really don't know what's going on in that person's life. Right. And you'll hear me say, if they, if you have, if someone has a problem, send them to me, I will talk to them. You know, and, and I, you know, it's, it's a, we just had that conversation today with someone, you know, 
if they if someone says something to you, I had someone come to me one time about somebody that I knew that was that didn't take communion and said, "We've got a problem. We got to deal with that." I said, "No, we don't." I said, "I already know what's going on because I've talked to them." And 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 uh, and uh, diffused that because it was it could have gotten out of hand and this person that they were talking about would have gotten angry and left. All right. Yeah. And we would have lost them. And and it's, you know, it worked out well, but you have to know people. Yeah. And that's what the church is supposed to be about. And it sounds like what you're saying is those outside the church, we need to deal with gracefully. We need Absolutely. to extend a lot of Absolutely. grace. Absolutely. And mercy. And mercy, yeah. And and understanding and compassion and empathy. How did Jesus deal with people in the outside of the fellowship? How did he deal with the Samaritan woman? Everybody everybody else chastised her. They they looked down on her, they sneered at her. And she said, Don't you know who I am? Yeah, I know you. I don't care. You know, the 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 good parable of the Good Samaritan. What's the story there? Yeah. The guy that's not supposed to help them is the one that helps him. The people that are supposed to help walk right by him. There, there's a, a lesson here sure. of how we deal with people that we come in contact with. You know, that's how they're going to know about Jesus. They have to see him in us. But you have to deal with him, deal with them different than you than sometimes you can deal with people in the church. Right. It's well, just different. We're going to see uh, that interaction. We're going to see someone who has received promises of God. Yes. And how they deal with people around them, and we're going to see it in in two different examples. And uh, we're gonna we're also gonna pick up. So we're picking up in Genesis chapter twenty six. We started this story I last think, week. I think that was a great question for this particular thing because because it is, you know, Isaac's gonna deal with someone not the way he should have. He should have trusted God and he should deal with him the same way his father did. But we should have trusted God. And I think it I think it's a testament to how we should hey, I gotta believe in God. You know, even though somebody on the outside is treating me ugly. God knows about that. I belong to him. And he's yeah. already got this. Yeah. I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to I don't have to react in kind. I don't have to do that. So anyway. Well, and so in Genesis chapter 26, you know, we mentioned last week that this really is a parallel. Um, yes. This is a parallel between Genesis chapter 12. There are a lot of the same story beats here. Well, it's a parallel because in chapter 20 is where we have, I think it was chapter 20, where we have, yeah, Abraham and Abimelech in chapter 20. Right, but in Genesis chapter 12, I mean, it occurs in Genesis chapter 20. We yeah. see that oh, this I was Abraham's oh, yeah, practice for sure yeah. in Genesis lying, chapter 20. Lying to a, a person well, outside. Well, pimping out his wife <laughs> was was Abraham's practice. Can I not say that? I'm gonna... Well, you just did. <laughs> well, I, yeah. You got to record, edit Am that out. Have to edit it out? You have to, no. I'm not going to edit it out. No, I don't edit it out because then, <laughs> that's this what he did. then Look, you have to edit all this conversation out. That's what he did, though. Yes, he did. May, I, maybe that was a crass way to it say it. It was a crass way to was say it. Was it a crass way to say it? What's the proper way what to say it? What do you guys that? think? You think it, the camera's going like this? Not did. Yeah, it was yes. a crass way to say it. <laughs> I mean, would it be more appropriate to say that he whored out his wife? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, be... I'm, I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm not. I'm not sure. They would certain. expect me to say stuff like that, not you. So I am not certain what is the proper way to say this. He lied about his wife and put her in harm's way. <laughs> All right. Well, I think he took. I. Think I really he, like the the pimping out his wife. That's thing. what he did in Genesis what? chapter twelve. He received payment. When he, when he said it was his sister, he received payment. That's what yes, he did. Yes, he did. And in Genesis chapter 20, we see that this was his practice. Yes, it was. He says, it's my practice. It's been my custom as I'm traveling around He also this has land. to pray for those people because God has, God has punished them 
by closing them up and they can't have kids. Yeah. And we don't know how long that lasts, well, but it lasts You'll a while. have to go check out that conversation yeah. that we had. But that's what <laughs> Abraham did. And we see in here in, in Genesis chapter 26, the parallel of Genesis so chapter So you're 12. saying Isaac's going to pimp out his wife. I don't think it gets to that extreme. We're going to see in the text. Okay. Um, but so in, right, there was a famine in the land. This was at the beginning of Genesis chapter 26, famine in the land. But the Lord says, don't go down to Egypt, which is what his father did. Stay here and I'll be with you. And then all of those promises are communicated. Yeah. Just like Genesis chapter 12 mm-hmm. to Abraham, all mm-hmm. of those promises being communicated. And then there's a famine in the land. In Genesis 26, there's a famine. Don't go to Egypt. Then promises communicated. And the promises that are communicated are awesome. I've got your back, right? Yeah. All right. That's, so that's I, basically what he's saying. Basically. Well, he didn't say that, but he says, he says I'm going to make of you a great nation. That's well, right. that means I got your back. Because any bad stuff is coming, I'm going to keep you alive. Right. Right? I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna let anything harm to you because through your seed all nations are gonna be blessed. What he said doesn't he say that? Mm-hmm. So that means I got you back. I'm gonna take care of this. I've yes. got a plan for way down the road. Correct. Way down the road. Now we know that he's not the he's not the most promise because right. the promise has been made to him again. Correct. We know that his son's not gonna be the promise, right? We we know we know we've that, already, well we've already seen that he's a supplanter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've already seen that. So that's he can't be the. It's probably not him then. So yeah. we got a whole lot of years to go before we get to somebody that maybe could be. Right. Yeah. So anyway. So looking at verse 7, right? So Isaac stays in Gerar. And then when the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, she is my sister. And we've seen this before. We saw this in Abraham in 12. We see it as, as his practice in, in Genesis well, 20. But Abraham does. Here we're going to go again. We're gonna, he, She is his sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go there again. You have to go back and look at that episode. So, are we going to say Rebecca was his sister no, too? No, no. But is it, Rebecca's his cousin. <laughs> so, if he had said she's my cousin, it'd be okay. All right, uh, because he was afraid to say she is my wife. No pure motives here. Why, He's just wanted, afraid. Why is he afraid? Didn't he just not get a text from God? Did he get it, not get a special email with a with a? Do you make have special emails with stars on them? Where they're special, and you really need to open this email. I mean, I don't know. I mean, no, my name. my email client tends to throw all my important emails into the trash or junk, <laughs> mine and does keeps too. all the spam stuff. You know, <laughs> mine does too. So well, so in other words, there's not he doesn't well, he just got a he just got a talking to. Yes, did he not? Yeah, absolutely. By God, mm-hmm. and then here he said, "I'm afraid." What are you afraid of? What What are you afraid well, of? Well, and it tells us the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebecca. But didn't God say I got your back? I'm gonna I got a plan for you down the road. How can these guys kill him if? Well, and look at the next verse in verse eight, when Isaac had been there a long time. So this was a ruse they kept up for a while. <laughs> Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebecca. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? You know what? He remembered his daddy. Well, if it, if it is in fact the same person, yes. So the, the question is whether Abimelech is a name like Pharaoh. And I think that's that's the big question. But it's very possible, sure, that it could be it the same guy. It looks like he remembered, hey, I, somebody did this to me before. I know who it was. It was your daddy. Your daddy did the same thing to me. You know, I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying. No, it I'm just saying. Like yeah, it looks like it sounds like that. Okay. And Isaac answered him because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the men might well, might well have slept with your wife. 
and you would have brought guilt upon us all. So it didn't it didn't get to that point. Well, let me ask you this. Couldn't Rebecca have said no? Did they wasn't that part of the plan? Hey, I'll say you're my sister. Just tell him no. If somebody wants that, you know what? Well, this time apparently that I, we don't know. It doesn't. It, the text doesn't get into that. So I mean, yeah, it, it would seem reasonable that Rebecca would have had to go, go along with it. I mean, if she's not my going wife, along with my it, my wife would have hung me to dry if I'd tried to pull this. Yeah, this wouldn't have. This was certainly wouldn't. Would have that died. fly in your house? No, no, it wouldn't. Not at all. Um. Well, and then through this, then Abimelech gives orders to all the people, anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Okay, so this is pretty much the exact same story from Genesis chapter 12. This is pretty much the exact same story from Genesis chapter 20. Um, you know, what type of legacy are you leaving behind for your children? What are you teaching your children on the basis? And we talked about this a lot last week. You know, we this have is the, to, kind of the same thing we're going to talk about at our men's retreat. That's right. We have what? to be very aware of what we're teaching our children. Um, as Christians, what we're teaching the world, and what we're teaching the world as Christians, we are called. I mean, because what did this, what did this teach that on that point? What did this, what did Isaac's actions here demonstrate to Abimelech and his people that it's okay to lie, you know, that it's okay to be afraid? This person, his dad was a prophet, and now here he is, well, here, here doing we, the same type of thing. If if we're doing this and we're reaching out to, I don't know, whatever. And I get caught, or you get caught out there lying out yeah. in public. What just happened? You see, what is the legacy that this church? What blight does this church have on it? Yeah. It it matters everything we do. You and I are out in public all the time. People, yeah. you know, I mean, I just it just. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, because well, it's not Christ, just about our children. But it's about everybody. Well, and Christ calls us to be light and salt to the world. He calls us to do that. He expected his people to be a priest, a nation of priests among yes. you know yep. the nations. So we are called to do that. In fact, you know, Christ is our high priest, and under him we are priests. Peter says that very clearly. Yep. He says, you Absolutely. know, you're a priest here to declare his wonderful praises. So, yep. you know, what is the function of a priest? We pray on behalf of other people. We praise God on behalf of other people. We we are um holy to God. Just, just and then, like we talked to an individual the other day. So the reason they've asked you to do this is because they've seen in you that kind of quality. Remember when we said, talk to that person the other day? Mm -hmm. Monday, talk yeah. to a person. And we said, hey, they've seen it in you. Yeah. yeah. And they've got to see it in, in us. That's right. And so, you know, yes, we have a responsibility towards the world, but we also have a responsibility towards our children. We have Absol a responsibility, oh, Ab and, and I know you don't disagree Paramount. with that, Paramount. to teach our children how to walk before the Lord. Yeah. You know, if you are a Christian and you have children, it's your responsibility to well, disciple those children. I've said before, the, a male child is going to learn most of what he gets from the male part of that relationship. Mm. A, female, a female child will get most of what they get you know, that's why it was so awesome the other day to have Jessica come with your, with your two little daughters and come get in the kitchen. And, and they're, and they're, of course, they're little. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're kind of not in the way, but they're, but they're kind of just kind of diddling. But the idea of what they were doing, and I, so that's why I called them out there specifically. I wanted, I wanted everybody to know that, that these two little girls and this woman, 
was bringing her little girls to help in the kitchen so that these men could eat breakfast together. I wanted to know that. You know, I don't know if they'll remember. Probably won't. But, you know, it's, it's, about, it's about, you know, doing the right thing, all of us doing the right thing. Not just you and Jessica. Not just Paul and Delissa. Everybody doing the right thing. All of us doing the right thing together, trying to help create the legacy of this church and the legacy of the church as a whole all the time. Our job becomes easier because people will see that and say, I don't know what y'all got, but I want that. Yeah, I want that. That's what the, the guy that you would been studying with in McAllen, you know, I don't know what it is, but I want whatever you got. Mm. What, whatever it is you got, you're not the same person. Yeah, he would certainly know. <laughs> well, do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, he would, he would know. know. You know, so I think I think, but it's different how we treat people in the world than it is how we pe- treat people sure. in the church. Okay. Well, and then it's and then it's and it's it's amusing, right? Uh, verse twelve: Isaac planted cop- crops in that land, and that same year reaped a hundredfold. In the middle of a famine. Yeah. Because the Lord blessed him. Yeah. So, then what do you have to lie for? And, and, you know, that I, part of this text is demonstrating that the father, the things the father messes up in or, or mis- has mistakes in, is that's going to get passed down to the son. Part of this text is communicating, hey, are we dealing with the people around us in a worthy way? Are we trusting that the Lord has our back so we can? You know, the person who gets upset at that person who's driving erratically, right? You're out, you're out, I'm driving to work and some person's all over the road and my immediately... My, my mind immediately goes to this person is a moron. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to drive. They're going to kill somebody. And I want to get away from these people. And I don't want anything to do with them. And I'm upset and I'm angry. Am I a disciple who's on track there? Am I a disciple who's on focus if that's well, where my mind goes? What if that person's been drinking? Sure. Have you you worked on a, on an ambulance? Sure. You ever worked at wrecks where people got hurt? Yeah, absolutely. Drinking? Absolutely. You know, uh, you know. I mean, I mean, you 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 may think, hey. Is this per- this person drinking? You may have something you have to do, as a, as sure. a, as a godly person. I, I may need to call nine one one, get a license plate. Hey, I had that happen. I went to a Bible sure. study, and I'm on my way home, going down John Stockbuyer, and the lady next to me is like this. She just misses me, and I so I slow down, and she's she's up on the curb and back, you know, and I, and I didn't do anything. I didn't do mm. anything. I just drove on. I I should have called nine one one, you know. But that, but even then, that is the mind of a disciple, someone who says, "Oh my gosh, this is a this is a bad situation here. I don't know what's going on with them, but I, I've got to make a call to spare them and to spare yeah, someone they yeah. may hit." But if all I'm doing is getting upset and angry and oh, I can't believe this person is driving that, am I a disciple whose mind is focused on the work? And the answer is no. No, I'm not. I'm too upset and angry, and I'm focused inwardly yeah. instead of yeah. trusting. Right? Because if Think about it. If I am thinking about and dwelling on the things that God has said, right, then I know that whoever this person is behind the wheel, right, is his creation. He made them. He knows the hairs on their head. He loves them. He wants to be in a relationship with them. And if all I'm going to do is get upset and angry because of the way they're driving or and, and then move on my day and ignore the situation entirely, right, what is what is a reaction? Well, obviously, if they're all over the road, right? Maybe I do need to call nine one one for their safety, for other people's safety. Maybe I need to be proactive here. But maybe if they're just on the phone, right, and you can tell that they're just distracted, maybe maybe instead of getting upset and angry, it's man, I need to pray for that person. 
Maybe they're, maybe something's going on in their life, or maybe they just don't understand that yeah. driving while on the phone is not an acceptable thing yeah. to do. But see, my mind goes to how can I help and how can I be a blessing to this person rather than upset and feeling slighted. And I think probably the the more logical thing is what's going to happen is how can I be a blessing to that little person, that little lady or that guy or whatever that is that is behind the counter, that's that's running one person after another person. You go to HEB, you go to Walmart, go to wherever you go, and, and one person after another. And after a while, the day gets really tedious. And you come up and they've kind of snapped at you. And I've had that happen to me before, you know. Hey, I've worked counter before. I've worked at fast food places and had people act like jerks. You know, I've done it before, acted like a jerk. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just, I think, you know, you have more opportunity to, to really have a hands-on. You treat them with kindness and respect. And I think it it can help, maybe. Well, the question I had a while ago when you said, it said, and the Lord blessed him, has, has there been, we know that God promised him, I'm going to bless you. He told him straight up, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bless all nations through. I'm going to bless your seed. Your seed is going to, you're going to, because it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Has he made that promise to us? Have, have we, can we bank on the same kind of promises that God has said, I, I'm going to bless you. Well, we've said it many times. God said, I, Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Right. doesn't mean he's going to make you rich and wealthy and, and healthy. That's not what it means. It means I'm going to give you an abundant life. Well, I got a chance to baptize a young lady today. Man, it don't get no better than that. That's right. I got a chance not just to baptize her because I know that's only a small, that's just, just a, a, her act of obedience. But I get to study with her every Wednesday night, every Wednesday afternoon, and I'm going to get to study with her another Wednesday, next Wednesday. Man, I can't wait. Now I can't wait because now we've got all kinds of things we can study now that we couldn't before. That's right. And it's going to have, she's going to have a different mindset because she's made the commitment to Jesus to be his disciple. She's made the commitment to Jesus to say, I believe in you. I trust you. I believe you are the savior of the world. That's what she said. That's right. And so the blessings that have come for her, she's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to make its dwelling with her. And brought all those gifts of the Holy Spirit from, from Galatians chapter 6. I want to point something out mm-hmm. about Isaac, though. Did he mess up like his dad? Yes. yes absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when he says this, stay in the land for a, for a while. Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. You know, in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham also went. The Lord said, go up, get up, and go. And he went. And we see that same thing in Isaac. Mm-hmm. So Isaac didn't just learn the negative. He learned positive dad. stuff too. He learned positive yeah. stuff too. Yeah. He gets, he stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a famine in the land. That's a scary time to be in, in a place. Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I did, you, you've asked me before. I think you asked me last week. What were some of the bad things that, you know, I don't remember exactly what the question was, but that I'd done some, I'd, I'd taught my kids some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, my son called me Tuesday morning and said, well, I just got bad news. And if those of you who know him know he had a spot on his, on his cheek that the doctor had taken off, and he said it came back positive for melanoma. And, uh, and he's scared. And, uh, and I, said, uh, I said, okay, what's next? He said, they're going to refer me to MD Anderson. I don't know when it's going to happen. He said, they said probably within 72 hours I'll get a call from MD Anderson and set up a time. And, uh, and I said, 
what do you need us to do? He said, I need y'all to pray. And I said, you want it out there? He said, absolutely. He said, I want everybody to know about it. I want everybody to pray for this. He's 40 years old, got three little kids. So he did learn some some things from, from me and my wife. The, 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 the opportunity to, to take the Lord up and say, I will do for you. I'm going to talk to you. So he did learn that. So, and just like Isaac, you know, and just like some of many of you, you know, you, you may have done some things in your life that are not good. That's fine. All of us have. But you, you teach your children the right things to do. Friday night, you've got a small group coming up here, a whole bunch of families, a whole bunch of kids coming up. Man, I don't know how many, nine, ten kids, 15 kids, I don't know how many either. And, and you know, and what are you all doing? Teach them how to memorize scripture. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to do. It's their parents saying, we're going to bring them up here. I want, I want them to be a part of this. So, you know, they're going to see God through their parents in a different way than some of their friends do out in the world. It's a good thing. Well, the Lord blesses Isaac. You know, he stuck around in it through a difficult time. He didn't do everything perfect. We're not going to do everything perfect either. The Lord was still with him because the Lord is always faithful. So the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servant had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up filling them with earth. They're mad. Oh, man, what great neighbors are these Yeah, guys? they're not happy at all, are they? Man, they took, man the livelihood of, in, in that area, the livelihood is, is water. Yeah. You know, if you're a farmer, you're a rancher, you know what, what's the most important. Every time I talk to John L., mm-hmm. to, what do we, did, did you get any rain lately? Not every time, but a lot of times. You know, we, we talk about how much rain we've got. Because he's got a, he's got a place with with cattle on it, and he needs his grass, and you know I've got he knows I've got a big garden, and you know I'm looking for rain, and and uh, so you know for them to to plug up these wells, that's a that's a slap in the face. Oh yeah, it's a huge deal. It's an absolute huge deal. Well, and they do they so they they do all of these things. They stop up these wells, and then Abimelech said to Isaac. Move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. We just assume you just go away. So here we have one guy, right, and his servants and his people and his flocks, and they're more powerful than the people who live in Gerar, Gerar, this area, Mm -hmm. that the king has to come out to this guy and say, please go away. (laughs) You ever had anybody tell you? All during a famine. (laughs) Have you ever had anybody tell you, I don't want to talk to you anymore, go away? Yes. How would it feel? You know, honestly, at, at the time, I didn't, I, I didn't really care. I mean, it was, it was in a more of a professional capacity, so you know, I was there trying. It, it's happened multiple times with patients, mm-hmm. and so sometimes it's, you know, they're just so upset mm-hmm. and angry mm-hmm. about all the things going on that mm-hmm. it, they can't deal and they, yeah. they don't want to. Sometimes it's psychological stuff, and so I can't go away. You know, I have to. If yeah. when they say start saying stuff like go away, I've got to escalate the situation and call the cops. Because this person's a danger to themselves, you know. I can't walk away as as a paramedic. You can't walk away and let someone kill themselves. Um, I had somebody really close to it to me. I had, I did have, you know, I, did, I just remember, I did have one guy. We were te- we were talking about scriptures right after I was baptized, and we were talking about scripture and what the scriptures actually said. That's what we're talking about. That's and uh, and I, he was a coworker, and I was telling him, I said, "Look, this is what it says. Look, read for yourself. 
you know, I because I was I was so blown away. I yeah. had never seen a lot of it, and I, I just couldn't help myself, and I was just sharing it. And the guy said, oh, my gosh, you're right. It does say that. And so we were talking about it, and then he went home, and he talked to the pastor at his church, and he came back, and he looked at me, and he said, you're a false teacher. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, my pastor says you're a false teacher, and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And I, it blew me away. I was like, man, we were just talking about what the scriptures talk about. And I didn't really know how to respond. That hurt. That did hurt. I had my brother do it to me. Yeah. Uh, I've had people I've had people in the jail said, man, I don't want to talk to you. Man, I don't believe none of that stuff. Go on, get out of here. And I'd go. Didn't bother me. I knew that was people in the world. Yeah. But when my brother did it to me, you know, and the same thing happened. I talked to him. He went home, talked to somebody, came back, said, don't you ever talk to me about that stuff again. He's in my own house. He's sitting in my own ta- table, you know, making demands of me. It hurt me at first, and then it made me mad. Then it made me mad. Yeah. How dare you talk to me that way in my own house? You know, but but I, I look at this, and, and, and this guy says, I need you to move away. Go, because I'm, I'm afraid of you. We're afraid of you. I think that when they do that, I think they are afraid of you. know, a, a preacher that says you're a false teacher and all you're doing is teaching the book, they're afraid of you. Hmm. My brother was afraid of what I was standing for because he knew me before. He knew what I was. And I think at that moment he was afraid. I don't think he's afraid of me now, but I think he was afraid of what was he going to tell me that really might, oh, might be right. Then what am I going to do? My own hmm. father told me, he said, I ain't going to change. I don't care what you tell me, I ain't going to change. I said, what if what I tell you is the truth? What if I could prove to you it's the truth? I ain't going to change. What? What? I'm not going to change. I told you that. He said, and I'm going, you know, what about Jesus? And, and people said, man, go away. We don't like you. We don't want you here. What did Jesus tell his disciples do? And go. Well, and specifically with Isaac, too. You know, mm-hmm. God's already said he's got his back. God's already demonstrated yeah, he that. Yeah. But he's told me, I've got it. I've, he's got ours, too. Well, but couldn't Isaac in this situation just turn around and take over Gerard? Oh, of course he could. Yeah, but he's not going to. He doesn't. And see, and this is, and this is interesting. So I, I think this is where we're starting to see. Excuse me, I don't think. Um, this is where we start to see that meekness that Christ had, that mm-hmm. Christ asked us to have. Mm-hmm. Isaac could have done all sorts of things. What is meekness, right? We all, a lot of people want to tie it in with weakness. Well, meek means you're mousy or you're... Or you're yeah, that's you're, not what it means. It's not what it means. It means power under control. Yeah. And Isaac has the backing of God. I like that. Power under control. The strength of arms here, because these people are afraid of him. He's got the numbers and the strength of, strength of arms. They're not afraid of him for no reason. No. He could definitely remember, push these are the same people. Issue. These are the same people that are going to give Israel fits. Well, these are the same people that just slapped him in the face. Yeah. They're like shutting up all his wells. Yeah. And he says, and then this king comes out to him and shut up all this dude's wells that his father put in first in the first place. Shut up all these wells. This dude's more powerful than him. And he comes out and he says, please just go away. And Isaac's response is, okay. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. See, so this is a common practice of stopping up wells. Why? Because they know that water is the lifeblood. And Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there, but the herders of Gerar quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours, so he named the well Essek because they disputed with him. Then wait, they a dug. Minute, wait a minute, who dug the dang well? 
Where, where, you know, that water was under the ground. They didn't go get it. Yeah. Well, and look, and, and this and this story, so this is going to repeat, and it's going to repeat a couple of times. And look at Isaac's response each time. Mm-hmm. He's big enough, bad enough, powerful enough with the backing of the Lord that he could really just smack these guys around and do whatever he wanted. You know, you're going to push me out? This is the land that God has already promised me. This is the land that God already promised my father. The Lord has already said he's with me. The Lord has made me more powerful than you. I could take this land right now. And yet, he allows himself to be moved back, to be moved back, to be moved back, until finally he digs a well and no one quarrels with him over it. And then he says, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. So he looked to God and said, you know what? I'm just going to keep backing up. The Lord's got it. The Lord's got this. I'm going to keep backing up. I'm going to keep giving these people grace. I'm going to keep giving these people grace. And then finally, hey, we have some peace. Yep. So from there, he went up to Beersheba. That night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. Isaac built an altar there to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent, and there his servants dug a well. Isaac looked to the Lord Mm -hmm. for where he was going to stay. He didn't try to take matters into his his own hands. And how important is that for us to learn today? There are a lot of things going on in this world as Christians right now that probably scare people. You know, there's all sorts of movements, political movements, sociopolitical issues, economic issues. There's all sorts well, of things. Violence. Going on. There's all kinds of violence. I mean, uh, we. It's. I've. I've read in some places that people think we're about as divided. Where, where ju- the division in this country now is just as bad as it was a couple hundred years ago in the Civil War. So think about that. Or 150 years ago in the Civil War. That's that's a scary place to be. A Civil War today. You know, and there are lots of people that I, I, I would say that clamor for it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, is that the majority? I really hope not. I don't, I don't but, think it's the majority, but I think there's quite a few. But there's quite a few, mm-hmm. you know, it's depending on where you live. What As Christians, how should we be in this age? I think Isaac's the perfect example here. I, th- I think we have a responsibility to be, uh, to be uh, good stewards of what God has told us to do. That's right. I think we have to take, there are opportunities out there everywhere, and we pray to God, please help us find the opportunities. I think this is a great opportunity. There's somebody going to be watching, maybe not today, maybe last week, maybe next week or whenever, that's going to have a real struggle and is going to say, you know what, I needed to hear exactly what you guys said. And may call us, may contact us, may email us, whatever. And we may get an opportunity to talk to them as well. You know, I think this is the things we need to be doing in this time. We need to be promoting the, the, the salvation of the Lord every single day, That's wherever right. we are. If, if we, may not, we may not have the, the uh, ability to navigate through Scripture like some others can, but I can stand in H-E-B and talk to a lady and make her day by telling her, you know, just, just I, you know, you get an opportunity just to be honest with them, just to do the right thing. Uh, you know, a lady gave me too much change the other day. And I said, that's not right. And she was having a tough time. She's a young girl, and she's having a tough time. She, she, she was, you know, couldn't count it out right. And I just said, hold up. I said, this is wrong. This is not right. 
And she looked at it and she said, what do you mean? I said, you gave me too much here. That's not right. Because anybody that knows me, I, I get a lot of, I, I get quarters and change because, you know, when we go on vacation, I use it to, but anyway. And I got some of these girls, and this one I'd never talked to before, and I, so I'd asked for some change, and she was trying to count it. She was having a tough time. And I said, you gave me a dollar, you gave me two, or, I think she gave me like $3 too much change. She had a whole handful of change, and it was way too much money. Hmm. And, and I don't know, if it, but it made me feel really good to do the right thing. And, you know, sometimes you're going to do the right thing. And, and if nobody sees, I don't care. You don't do it for somebody to see. But but when that happens, you know, people need to know that we're out there and we're going to do the right thing. Let's say you pick up a newspaper from Walmart or somewhere and you and you get home and you find out they're so little, teeny tiny, that you picked up two by mistake. So what do you do? What do you do? What are you going to do? Take it back. What if what if taking it back is you're 15 miles away? What are you gonna do? Take it back. You know what I you know what I would say to do hmm. the next day? I'm gonna buy a newspaper and I'm gonna tell her to charge me for two. That's a good idea. Tell her to charge me for two. That's a good idea. Charge me for two. I picked up one by mistake yesterday, and they had one girl. She looked at me. She said, "You don't have to do that." I said, "Yes, I do." I said, "It's not your responsibility. It's not your problem that I picked up two newspapers. That was mine." I said, "Charge me for two newspapers." You know, pretty soon, you know what that happened. They expect you to do that. Well, and the nice thing, too, is, you know, I live in the 21st century where I don't read newspapers, so. <laughs> I don't ever have to worry about picking up too many. But you understand, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you see a guy walking down the street or you walk in the parking lot and he pulls his keys out and a $100 bill drops out of his pocket. You know good oh. where it came from. You know exactly where. Yeah. You know what most people say? Wow, man, God just blessed me. <laughs> That's what a lot of people say. Well, yeah, he did. He blessed you with an opportunity to demonstrate. But that's not what they do. Put it that because he blessed me from that pocket to this pocket to this street to my pocket. Well, no, you just failed the test. Well, but the right thing to do is you, you say, sir, sir, mister, you just drop this out of your pocket and give it back to him. That's showing Jesus on earth. That's right. Absolutely. 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 So the Lord appears to him. So again, the story beats here. You know, he he is trusting in the Lord. He does make a mistake, but he continues to to operate out of trust. And then the Lord appears to him again and reconfirms these promises. These story beats are right out of Abraham's life. We're seeing a lot of the same things. We're seeing it a lot faster rather than it being spread out over a few chapters, Genesis 15 and other things. Well, look at what happens now, though. Yeah, we're seeing it. We're seeing it very quickly. And uh, notice, again, all throughout this text, it's the Lord, capital L-O-R-D. This is the covenant name of God. This is covenant thing. These are covenant things going on. And that's really what's communicated there just in the story. Um, meanwhile, Bimelech had come to him from Gerar with Ahaz, his personal advisor, and Phicol, the commander of his forces. Um, Isaac asked them, why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? Oh, you were a jerk. Right. You were you were upset. I mean, you didn't like it that I was better, and you were envious and that plugged up my wealth. And then you told us to, to to get. And so they answered. We saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So we said there ought to be a sworn agreement between us, between us and you. Let us make a treaty with you that you will do us no harm, just as we did uh, not harm you, but always treated you well, <laughs> and sent you away peacefully. And now you are blessed by the Lord. Isaac then made a feast for them, and they ate and drank. Early the next morning, the men swore an oath to each other. Then Isaac sent them on their way, and they went away peacefully. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug. They said, we found water. He called it Shabbat, and to this day, the name of that town has been Beersheba. Now, these this is, again, Abraham's life 
very quickly in a microcosm. Mm-hmm. This is Genesis 15, mm-hmm. where he makes where he makes this oath, and he the Lord comes to him and blesses him, and he he performed these great things for the kings that had been defeated. So we're seeing a lot of this again. There is a reason the repetition exists, okay? Um, the repetition exists in the narrative because it's drawing our focus to the way the servants of the Lord are behaving, the way they're acting. This is supposed to be a big time, like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we've all been, we've left Egypt. We've, the Lord has delivered us from there. We're following him out into the wilderness. And this is the way that we should be living. That's what we're hearing here, okay? Um, I think we're hearing something else, too. Well, we're hearing... Well, go ahead, brother. Do, do these people worship God? No. They worship gods, okay? Mm-hmm. They don't know who God is. They know who gods are. They have all kinds... They, they worship, you know... I mean, don't they have a god named Dagon? Well, I would I would push back a little bit against that. But, but look, he said... You know, do they know who he is? How do they know who this guy well, is? Well, and that's and that's what I'm saying. You know, uh, Abraham was told that because the iniquity of the Amorites and all of the people in this land was not yet complete, he was not inheriting the land yet. They, in fact, in, fe- in fact, his descendants. Further, we know that Melchizedek was a priest and king, and he was a, a king of the city of Salem, right, which would become Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and he but he was also a priest of God. So. Some of these people did worship God, mm-hmm. and in a, a lot of the standards that they have, for example, honoring the marriage covenant and saying, "Hey, you know, this is your wife; we can't take her." That where did they get that from? They had to get it from somewhere, you know. They recognized we saw clearly that the Lord was with you, so we said there ought to be a sworn agreement between us. Now that doesn't tell me that they worship the Lord necessarily, but it also doesn't tell me that they don't worship the Lord necessarily. They may, they may in fact worship Him. Uh, to some extent. What I want to know is, do, do they know about this God because of what this guy has done? It's very, very possible. possible. It's very possible. I yeah. know today there are people out there that you're going to come in contact with, that you're going to come in contact with, that don't know God. Oh, yeah. They know who he is, but they don't know him. How are they going to know him? By what we do. They're going to see clearly. Because I understand all this, but when I try to take this and connect it with today, it's very connectable today. Sure. Because these folks, let's say, okay, I don't, let's say they knew God, didn't know God. People today don't know who God is. Sure. They know the name, but they don't know him. They're going to know him and see clearly that we, that the Lord is with us by how we live our lives. And I, that's, and that is 100% true. And I think 100%. that is so important that we get that message out of this whole chapter. If you don't get nothing else, that's what you get. They're going to know God by how they, how you live your life and what you do or not do. That's how they're going to know who God is. That's right, 100%. And, and maybe they will come to him because they may come to you one day and say, I don't know what you've got, but I want whatever it is you got. you got something that I want. I don't know. Tell me how to get it, and then you can tell them about this God. That's, what, that's, that's the message we need to learn from this text, I think, today. Absolutely. Absolutely need to learn that text that for that message. It's it's this is a, truly, truly is is can be. We can learn so much from the Old Testament, so much. We need to learn this. We need to learn this if we learn nothing else. Well, and seeing Isaac's response, these people pushed him and pushed him and pushed him, and they come to him and they want they want concessions from him, mm-hmm. and his response is okay, yeah. because I know who has my back. Yeah, and how important it, it's so much easier 
to not be upset when the world pushes you when you know who's in your corner. It's okay. It it you you know who's got your back even when you mess it up. Because he messed yeah. it up. Yeah, he did. He didn't go as far as his father did, but he messed it up. That's right. It that means that God still don't have his back. In, I mess up every day. Doesn't mean God doesn't have my back. That's right. He's got my back. That's very true. And he still expects me to make sure that they see clearly who he is through me. It's powerful. It is powerful. I'm very thankful for the example we have in Isaac. Absolutely. Let's pray, God. Yes, sir. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the for the power of the word. For we, we are so grateful, Father, that you have promised us blessings. You have promised us that you are going to protect us and take care of us. And one day you're going to take us home with you. But while we're here, you expect us to show the power and the glory and the awesomeness of you to, the, to a lost and dying world. Help us to never forget that, Father. Our job is to teach them about you through our lives and through our words. Help us to have the courage and the strength to do that every single day. Help us to look for those opportunities every single day that we live our lives. Father, we, we can, they can see clearly that you are awesome and that you are God by the way we live and what we do every day. Thank you, Father, for the opportunities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.